Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jeskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. everybody and welcome to billy joel a to z today when we talk about leave a tender moment alone leave a tender moment alone is the ninth track off billy's ninth album entitled an innocent man the album an innocent man was released on august 8th 1983 and leave a tender moment alone was the fifth song to be officially released as a single from this album in July of 1984. Again, almost a full year after the album was released. It's quite impressive. Leave a Tender Moment Alone was on the Billboard charts for 10 weeks and peaked at 27 on September 1st, 1984. Interestingly, not being able to surpass Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. The guy said that we're not going to take it. It's we're not going to yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. We are not going to take it. <laughs> Yet somehow Billy agreed to work with them on the next album anyway. It's like we... if you can't beat them, join them. Exactly. Leave a Tender Moment Alone was the only single from the album released not to reach the top 20. And along with the song An Innocent Man was the second single not to have a video made for it. Although it did reach number one in the adult contemporary charts, which makes a whole lot of sense. Although it was released as a single, this song oddly does not appear on any other album collection or live recordings. And finally, as every song on An Innocent Man is clearly stated as an homage to a 50s or 60s legend in Billy's mind, Leave a Tender Moment Alone is credited as his homage to Smokey Robinson. All right, Alon Altman, I'm just going to say right out of the bank, be prepared to be amazed. At what crazy Christopher Bernanos <laughs> chooses to put Leave a Tender Moment Alone out of 121 songs. Yeah, I had some suspicion this would be one of those that he puts like way too high because I think it's a middle of the road kind of song. But somehow this is one of those things that he's just going to like a lot. So the question is, how high could he go? I'll say 22. 11. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, your line of thinking was obviously correct but you had no idea he was going to put it that high and believe me i have it in bold face and i'm like what you know when i saw it i couldn't even believe it he writes this is a really sweet song that nobody pays attention to also arguably the best vocal recording he ever made his voice is really supple midway between his early quavery thing and his later baritone holds up and you should go listen to it again obviously christopher bonanos really likes this song Glenn Gamboa puts it at 30, which I still think is maybe a little high. And the fans rank it at 60, which I think is where it belongs. Yeah. My original guess was going to be 58. So I was right there with those fans. Um, I agree with Chris Bananas. It's a sweet and simple kind of song. And, you know, Billy Joel gets the message across very simply. He doesn't he doesn't go over to the top with any of his Billy Joel isms in this songs. He, he keeps this one very straightforward. It's very nice. 
The harmonica is cool. I know you hate harmonicas, but you got to admit, this is a very different harmonica sound than you would hear in many other harmonica songs. Not only it's- do I hate harmonica, and uh, I agree that it is a little different. I mean, look, I didn't want to do this song. I never liked this song. I was also so angry every time everybody was about Toots Thielman. I mean, every time this guy was in, con- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Toots Thielman, you know, it's like, and everybody starts applauding. Nobody knows who the guy was a year before this album came out. I mean, you know, normal people, <laughs> musicians, I guess, knew. Well, Does he say Toots or know. Toots? I thought it was Toots. I mean, I would say toots if I was talking about a lady, but for this guy, because he's blowing on a set, on a harmonica, I always thought it was like toots. You know, like that makes tooting. so much sense, but I'm positive I've heard Billy say toots Thielman is coming. Okay. You know, I've, I've heard him <laughs> say it. But I remember that's every concert, every TV show was, always, ladies and gentlemen, toots Thielman. And I'm like, oh, here we go with this guy. I was so annoyed, you know, and it's just so funny with everybody clapping. They have no idea who he is. And, and, and Billy Joel had no idea who he was before he recorded the album. I, I was just uh, reading that it was Phil Ramone that said, I got the guy for you. <laughs> and that His Phil, name is Toots. <laughs> and he's, in fact, he said, I got the guy. He actually he actually is quoted as saying that. And he, he brought him into the studio. But the, the amazing thing about Phil Ramone is he, he was just known for knowing everyone in the business. And that's what made him such a good, great producer. He knew everybody. He's like, I don't know. We need something here. He's like, I got just the guy. And then I guess Billy Joel, he came in and Billy Joel heard him and his mouth was wide open. And if I was Billy Joel and if I was a musician and I heard this guy play the stupid harmonica the way he does, my mouth would be wide open, too. It is unbelievable because harmonicas just stink and he does play it something special. And again, in re-listening to this song and actually what helped a lot for me with this song really not liking it or maybe not being in a good place in 1984 who the hell knows or preferring uptown girl and tell her about it instead of this nonsense watching a reaction video by uh, this this really pretty girl it's jay reaction that's her name she of course she calls him billy joan just like billy joel uh, <laughs> but watching her listening to it you know, w- watching somebody reaction to it, then I, I started to like it again and realized uh, I think, you know, she loved the lyrics. And I think I was thinking, well, if I was a woman, perhaps I would like it a little bit more because I guess it, you know, the way she was feeling it and really enjoying it. Then it, it gave me a better, uh, a better, what, what do you call it? Uh, appreciation for it. Yeah, I still don't, I don't, I don't love it. But now I'm fascinated by touch Steelman, everybody. it is fascinating i think what it is is that he plays it's like he plays every note on its own it's like every note is a pure note versus most people on harmonica like if you hear piano man he's playing like chords where you're hearing like that you're hearing all these different notes at once and has that certain sound and with this it sounds like the guy's just whistling which apparently he also does professionally unbelievable right yeah he whistles professionally which of course why wouldn't billy joe love that he's probably like oh why didn't i get him for the stranger I messed yeah. up. I sounded like trash. <laughs> he was probably embarrassed in front of him. But yeah, I mean, this guy is, is just uh, you're right. Exactly what you said about the fact that you always think it's chords. And this guy plays notes. It's fascinating to watch him work. It's just not for me. And it's really hard to do. I've had harmonicas. I've never been good at them. But to try to blow into just every single hole individually is really, really hard. And what but- makes it more impressive is that this guy looks like Mr. Hooper. 
He's just an old man. He's just an old guy with glasses with white hair. So like when you watch a live video of like Billy Joel bringing him out on stage and they have a spotlight on this guy, he looks like, looks like your grandpa at a rock concert. It's so funny. Meanwhile, he only died like five years ago. Yeah, he lived to what? 93, 94. Yeah, something good. like that. In fact, uh, Billy Joel was playing with him in 2016, like or just before he died, or I think something for his 80th birthday. Maybe it was in 2003 or something for his 80th birthday. They were playing together at the Blue Note which was really kind. And he played on, uh, I think, New York State of Mind and My Life. And he's just a musician who's just like, hey, well, I'll play this and you come in whenever you feel like it. this guy was uh, he was good on that stupid harmonica. <laughs> yeah, I think they also did um, Just the Way You Are. What's it called? Don't Go Changing. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that anymore. I, now I'm all in on Just the Way We Was. It's, uh, you know, if that guy was here with us now on our podcast, and we heard him play the harmonica. I'd probably love every minute of it. Yeah, we do a call-in show where he could just play every Billy Joel song on harmonica. Like that version uh, that he played on the Letterman show where he just played this whole song as an instrumental, which was pretty cool. It was pretty cool on the Letterman show. Apparently, Letterman had him on a couple of times. It's always a pleasure to have my next guest sit in with Paul and the band. He can be seen quite often these days on videos with Billy Joel. Is that true? You were in a Billy Joel video? Also with Julian Lennon, and he will be appearing live in concert on August 31st at Heckscher State Park. Is that true? That's true. Heckscher State Park? I slip Long Island. Please welcome one of the greatest harmonica players of all time, Toots Thielmans. I guess the band, you know, Paul Schaefer and all those guys kind of totally knew who he was. And then the Billy Joel thing just kind of all put it all together. Yeah. Plus, he has a funny name. So I feel like Letterman probably liked that also. What are you talking about? Toots Thielman, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Look, coming get... up on Thursday, we've got Toots Thielman, <laughs> jazz and, and, harmonica player. And you see, I can't even say it without extending my arm, introducing him, as you can see. I, I, I can't yeah, you're help. like Ed Sullivan. I, I walk around the house saying that, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Toots Thielman. <laughs> I, you can't get enough of saying that name. I should have changed my name to that. You know what I noticed also, though, is when I was watching this the reaction and listening to it again, like I guess you said how and I came up, the word came to me, how pedestrian this song is. It's uh, just very simple and isn't uh, a, a more an overcomplicated Billy Joel song. Like a, it's certainly not like a summer highland falls or everybody says i love you know complicated piano playing or anything it feels like it's a uh, more like a Salieri tune uh from amadeus <laughs> yeah this ain't this ain't a mozart yeah exactly Yeah, it's like he kept everything basic and then let the harmonica kind of do the complicated stuff behind his lyrics and the lyrics themselves are pretty pretty well, simple pretty it, simple it was funny because it reminded me of a sesame street like song and and then I was reading that somebody else said they thought it was like an ABC after school special from when we were growing up. So I I guess we're all on the right note that it again, that's I guess where the word pedestrian came up that I just came up. It's very, very simple. And it's almost like a child song with adult lyrics. 
Yeah, although no f bomb in this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact the opposite. Moment alone. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite of Laura. And then, of course, the best thing for people like us in the lyrics. I know the moment isn't right to tell the girl a comical line. This guy gets it to keep the conversation light. I guess I'm just frightened out of my mind. I mean, he just loves talking about comedy and certainly uh Somebody like me, you know, I've done that a hundred times and he's saying it like where, you you know, you say something really nice, but then you get panicked about, you know, being so. Uh, so mushy, mushy. Thank you. I was looking for a different word you can't use anymore. And then and then, of course, you want to blow it or like somebody like me for sure would be like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I would definitely use a line from a movie or something, whatever case may be. I never even thought about the lyrics again, too. But I didn't even know that's what it was about. Uh, that's the fun about this podcast is also even learning about stuff like this. I never even thought of because I just couldn't concentrate. And I think every time it was on the radio, I'd turn it off. Yeah, but this isn't one like Laura where it's hard to interpret the lyrics. This is I mean, what you're reading on the page, that is what the song is about. Oh, yeah. Now, I know Billy Joel said that this was his Smokey Robinson tribute, but he's also more recently said that this song was inspired by Burt Bacharach. And you definitely can hear that it sounds a lot like some Burt Bacharach kind of songs, like what the world needs now. It's got that vibe. Yeah. Somebody also mentioned that it sounds like Close to Me, which we put to one of the other songs that we had previously done, the Carpenter song. For Falling of the Rain? Well, yeah, I think that's what it was. Written by Burt Bacharach. There you go. Hey <laughs> it's all coming together, kid. And you know what the thing is? And now I hear like um, somebody had mentioned that it was uh, maybe a little like Sete Trois. There's a little French feel to it. And I didn't notice it at all. But there's a, a there's a live version where the horns come in to replace the harmonica. And I got a better feeling about it. I, I actually liked it better, obviously, because I hate the harmonica. So when the horns come in, it's a lot better. In fact, they must do something when Toots isn't around. I, I don't know whether, how, what, does he play this live ever? No, not a lot. Uh, so the stats on this, it's been played 14 times live. 12 of those times were during the 1984 and Innocent Man tour. The last two times were in 1991. Yeah. So he has not played this song in 30 years. Yeah, I think he probably does it. Toots used to kind of follow him around on tour a little bit. So those 13 times or whatever you were talking about, was when Toots was with him. I, I think he probably chose not to play it anymore if Toots isn't around. Yeah, because who are you going to find who can do this? Unless you do, like like you said, get the horns to to kind of fill in. But Which I prefer. But yeah, it's it's uh, surprising, actually, that he hasn't played it more because it was a hit song. I know it wasn't a huge hit like a lot of the other songs on An Innocent Man, but it did pretty good. It's a well-known song. Fans like it. I feel if it wasn't 1983, the song would never have been released. If they weren't trying to keep up with Thriller, you know, which, uh, you know, one album of the year, even though this was up there and nominated, I, I think if it wasn't that kind of decade where they were trying to release an album, you know, release seven out of 10 songs of an album, I don't think this song ever would have been released. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it was their fifth choice. So, <laughs> right. And it's like they were just taking a chance, you know, because, like, well, you know, let's try and keep pace with michael jackson but good luck <laughs> yeah and also Bill, billy didn't have another album come out until 1986 so there was kind of a gap a longer gap than he had had 
in the past between albums. So they probably just needed to put out more content. It's funny though, you know, I mean, that particular year in the Grammys off the top of my head, I'm thinking of, you know, the, everybody got screwed because Michael Jackson just hit pay dirt and it deserved to win in every way. But you had the police with synchronicity and this album. And I, I really feel like this album could have won it all because it's so interesting and so different. And they like that kind of stuff at the Grammys. You know, I mean, it's really something special you know maybe it's not my favorite album i know it is some people's like paul lauren's favorite album or whatever because it just came out at the right time but there's something so special about this album and the the balls the the gall to do it make it a hit album and hit singles and have seven singles come off an album that's just made up songs from the 1950s this album really should have won it all. Of course, you can make a case for the police synchronicity, which was absolutely brilliant as well. But this is, you know, but the police were doing the police. You could say it's the same as Ghost of the Machine, which was a departure from what they were doing. I'm talking about the police. But Billy Joel, I mean, this guy just took it to a new level of what he'd been doing all this time. So I don't think anybody would have had a problem with this winning at all because it really is something special. And again, I've always said when we're talking about this album, and this and Billy Joel's the only guy that can do it. Everybody else just does covers. If you can, you know, write your own songs, you know, that sound like other songs, but you're making new ones. I mean, you just win the prize or you should. I mean, that's how talented he is. Most people would just end up doing covers. I mean, 99 percent of the people do covers. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, look, the Grammys any other year would have gone for this kind of thing because Grammy voters love old stuff. They love stuff that that harkens back to their era. A lot of these voters are older. And so a younger artist like Billy Joel, who is honoring the 50s and 60s, these guys would have gone crazy for that. Um, I mean, just look at the Grammy nominees now this year. You have like Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga doing their old standard stuff, getting nominated for everything again. You got Paul McCartney at the age of 80 or whatever he is getting nominated for best rock album. Like the Grammys isn't about cutting edge. So they would love that one of the newer artists actually shows respect for the older stuff. Kind of like how they like a guy like Bruno Mars who does that kind of thing by doing old school style stuff. Right. That's true. He does do old school, but that that's what I was just thinking is that most people could have this Billy Joe could have won it all with this, album, but most people just do. They'll do an album of covers. They'll do an album of standards. That's why this is a miracle because most people would have just most people who aren't Billy Joe would just say, I'm going to do, I'm going to take a Smokey Robinson song. I'm going to take a, uh, uh, you know, the guy from easy money, uh, the one, uh, the James Brown or, or whatever, you know, like I'm just going to take one of their songs and make an album of these, of this collection. That's what makes this so spectacular, whether I particularly like it or not, but you have to understand the genius, the true genius of putting something like this together. Everyone else just does cover albums, including Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. They are not writing original songs. <laughs> Tony Bennett's not writing much anymore. He's he's losing his mind. No, but so they've done three albums together of standards. No original yeah. songs. Nobody does what Billy Joel did on An Innocent Man. And it's badass. And to get Toots in there. Come on. Give him the award just for having Toots on a record. Ladies and gentlemen, Toots Steelman. Look, I put my arm out again. I can't I can't help myself. You got like a tick. <laughs> hey, do you know, uh, one time I was dating this girl and she was an actress 
And every play we ever saw, she was naked all the time. She was like an NYU, you know, out there, any theater production. They, they, I guess they just used to hire her knowing she'd get naked. And every time she'd get naked, I would go, whoa. And the audience wouldn't, you're supposed to be uh, more <laughs> intelligent. I get more mature. And I, <laughs> But the best was once, and I was sitting with her mother and she was naked, of course. And uh, I said to her mother, I'm like, can't just once, can't she just do bye-bye birdie? You know, one time. Uh, but I was sitting with her. I'll never forget. She comes out at the end. It was like a you know a small theater and just fully naked. Like at the end, a lot of actresses that'll get naked will put on a coat or a shawl, <laughs> you know, to cover up at the end because they no longer need to be naked. But this girl couldn't care less. She comes out and introduces the band with the the arm like I'm doing right now. So, so I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, the band, Toot Steelman, just totally naked. Yeah. She didn't even like, care. No, you need that arm to cover your nipples. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. She couldn't care less. But with everybody just pointing to the band, and there she was. And I'm like, uh, just one time. There's got to be something she can do that has her clothes on and something. <laughs> and now she's been doing pornography for the last 35 years? No, she's a professor at, uh, or I'm sorry, a teacher at Montclair High School. <laughs> oh, man. I, those kids would kill for those photos you have of her old theater days oh uh, yeah would they i don't think anybody cares anymore i mean that's the just, thing just for it's blackmail like, purposes i don't think you could blackmail her somebody who chooses to get naked and was totally fine with it and then started making extra money posing for pictures and stuff like that i guarantee she could not care less <laughs> that she was naked or that anybody had naked photos of her you know what i mean what a cool chick yeah she was a cool chick she was a cool rock and roll chick just like josephine <laughs> that's right Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? I think so. I'm not sure. Maybe you maybe you know about this. Maybe you don't. I'm going to take a shot here. A little did we know, but we've mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, Toot Steelman. Uh, Toot <laughs> Steelman influenced stuff multiple times recently on this podcast. His harmonica can be heard on a TV show previously mentioned in not only this podcast, but in the Just The Way We Was podcast episode as well. Which song am I talking about? Uh, which on on what what thing am I talking about? Is it the closing theme to Sesame Street? It is. That was my trivia question. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, that's well, so maybe funny. today we just have one trivia question. Well, how about this one? Uh, we all I could have also used this one. We also but I guess, you know, this, too. We also mentioned him in the keeping the faith episode. Do you know why? <laughs> that, that's too tough. We mentioned him in the keeping the faith. Well, we didn't mention him, but we mentioned a commercial that he also whistled on. Oh, I, I saw. I thought I saw. Is it Old Spice? It is Old Spice. <laughs> we were talking about Old Spice and Canoe. Yeah. I mean, this guy who knew he was around so long. I was shocked when I found out that was him on Sesame Street. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that's so iconic. Yeah. The way I had framed the question was like, even though Leave a Tender Moment Alone was a big hit song, there's another TV theme song that many more people have heard with Toots playing harmonica. Right. I mean, like billions of people have heard this guy play harmonica. It's fascinating. Uh, so give us something of uh, what people would recognize from your other uh, well, areas. Well, what else we do? 
want to try and make one up a uh, trivia one for for me yeah i'm going to backup trivia here backup trivia all right toot steelman played harmonica on the theme to what academy award-winning movie it won best picture in 1970 midnight cowboy that's correct Yeah, you're never going to fool me if it's a, if you say one best picture. I know every movie that won best picture in the 70s, in the 70s only. I should have I said it won best adapted screenplay. <laughs> but if you're going to say best picture, I'm going to know 70 to 79. Okay. Know by heart. <laughs> 1972. Go. Godfather. All right. Hello. Oh. 1974. Okay, Godfather 2. <laughs> 1973. Sting. The police. Yeah. No, no, The Sting. The Sting. Yeah. Seventy-eight. Coming home. Sure. I'm getting a little bit more scared. Now I'm just yeah. going to say yeah to anything. That's that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Another John Voight movie. Just like Midnight Cowboy. Exactly. I guess it must be that song. I guess it's that iconic Midnight Cowboy song that that theme. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It must be that one I'm thinking of in my head with the harmonica. Like, I don't know what it was, but now I'm thinking the theme to Midnight Cowboy is rather special and has yeah, a harmonic in it it's called midnight cowboy it's the main theme oh the main theme right like when they're on the bus and everything and the and the end and stuff so yeah that makes sense wow it says it says the song features harmonica by toot steelman but on its album version it was played by tommy riley well, that's what they did to that uh who, who's and the he's, so the... they switched him out for another harmonica player what that's what i said what they do who's the guy that plays uh the billy joel band that got screwed with the uh the sax solo the other day we were talking Richie Canada. Richie Canada. When they bring in that idiot that had to do it six times. Phil Woods. Phil Wood. They bring in Phil Woods. They he has to do it six times. And Richie's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, right still, here. I'm still angry about that. Now every time I hear it, oh, that's just the way we was, right? And then and I and I heard it the other day. I guess I was listening back to our podcast and listening to the sax solo. And I'm like, what an asshole. <laughs> he had to do it six <laughs> times. And they had to pick and choose the parts they like where Richie does it every night the same way. That is crude. That's cruel. Well, blame Phil Ramone for these choices. I do. In fact, if I ever run into that guy, I'm going to let him have it. But good. But good. (laughs) Well, what kind of parody do you have for us today? All right. Today, our parody is called Leave a tip when you get a scone. Ugh! You know, this is your second scone bit. 
Yeah, but it's been a long time since the last scone bit, so I think it's okay. Oh, boy. I mean, this is an embarrassment to have two scone parodies. I mean, does anybody even eat a scone? I don't know anybody that eats scones. I don't even eat scones. Yeah. What was the first one that had scone in it? Oh, so that was like the first one we ever did. It was for a room of our own. It was make room for a scone. I'm just saying I remembered it. Months ago. Well, I remembered it instantly as soon as you just said scone. But it's just funny. I mean, as soon as you said scone, I'm like, wait, another scone one. Yeah. All right. (laughs) It just rhymes so well. All right. When I go to this bakery, the quality is never the same. Some scones just look perfect, but others make me regret I came. So when I get to the front, I give them a $2 tip. They give me the scone I want. The one with the most chocolate chips. The crumbly texture so nice. This is the best scone that I've ever known. So if you want my advice, leave a tip when you get a scone. Hey now. Oh, that's the end. (laughs) Um, You know, here's what I have the problem with. And do you mind if I edit this entire thing out? I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Why? You know, if you're going to talk about leaving a tip, who leaves a tip for a scone? This That's is a- what you have to do to get a good scone. This bakery is very inconsistent. They they on purpose will pick the most stale, small, crappy one. If you don't tip them, it's it's like uh, blackmail, basically. You know, Alon, when we first decided that you were going to do a weird Alon parody every week, I was like, yeah, I, some people like those. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people like parodies. I because I was I was keep thinking of my friend Kelly who loves parodies. So I'm like, well, I'll just keep it in, but. You know, again, I guess I must be wrong. It, nobody seemed to complain about them, but I, I don't I don't know why they are not. <laughs> They're sweeping the nation. Everyone's talking about these things. Remember, Paul Lauren wants you to do a whole album of parodies. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was kidding, but I'll take him up on that. <laughs> well, keep the What was it called again? Leave a tip when you get a scone. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Well, folks, that was Leave a Tender Moment Alone. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you ever get scones? Is this song worthy of being in the top 11 Billy Joel songs? And what do you think about harmonica music? Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Touch Steelman. It's undeniably real. Oh, leave a tender moment.